Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. I'm hot. It's us again. It's yeah. It's, yeah, it's quite... quite um, it, it, it's it's summer. quite pleasant in here, actually. Yeah, it's the, I quite like it's it. the nicest bit of the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been like... It's not exactly game playing weather, though, is it? Well, it's, it's stay indoors away from the burning eye in the sky type weather. Yeah, but... PCs give out heat. Yeah, I had a weird thing earlier today. I was dipping into Warframe for a little bit of a okay. go, and I pushed the play button on the launcher, and it immediately launched a web browser page saying something is wrong. Hardware fail detected. Yeah, Warframe's web page okay. on their website, and it's a big list of things like uh, don't overclock your PC. Perhaps you've got a memory problem. Uh, you know oh. that kind of thing. And I thought, hey, what? I haven't done anything. I haven't changed anything. But apparently, uh, it, I don't know. I rebooted the PC, tried again, it worked. So. Have they? But overheating chance? was one thing that was on that list. Have they by any chance got a loop which goes through? adding up numbers and if it doesn't add up at the end I it think it's speed hack detection yeah. yes yes that's probably what it is it didn't say so but uh, yeah that, apparently you're not supposed to overclock your, your PC because Warframe doesn't like it yeah. I reckon they've got some kind of cheat detection going on in there although I don't really know why because it's not a hugely competitive oh thing. people will still cheat yeah, I suppose there is PvP in there I guess but yeah um, but yes the weather bit, I, I've been quite liking it but then I do work in an air conditioned office and have an air conditioned car so I've been limited to the exposure I've quite liked I, I, I wander out at lunch time and go oh this is nice and, yeah. and there are people who have to spend like eight hours out in it doing stuff and I, my my uh, sympathies go out to them I when i when i walked into the village last week um to buy some croissants the um uh, <laughs> this is the first world problem coming this, up the, the, this is trials and tribulations of being unemployed yeah oh, right. um, um th- there were some workers doing a garden and i felt really sorry for them as i walked past them when yeah, bought yeah. A cold, cold got drink his, got yourself a cold yeah. drink and a croissant yeah yeah yeah, that's. Uh, I'm sure their sympathy was. Yeah. Uh, their sympathy was well. I wouldn't talk to them. They, they were. <laughs> he should have bought them cold drinks. Yeah, I, I've they seen the with your plate. They looked busy. Here are some cold drinks. No, they looked like they didn't want reminded that it was it, thirty degrees. It might have come across as taking the yeah. piss. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so we should probably talk about some games and things. Okay. Hmm. Um, I'm going to open with. Uh, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, which frankly is the most ridiculous game title I've ever. This come is across. not a game I expected you to play. Dark Darkness, the Darkness thing. Um, yes. Even darker. <laughs> generic, genericing. Yeah, it's um, it's I, I don't know. I've had my eye on it for a while, and it came up in the Steam sale, so I thought, all right, let's give that a go because I've been obviously I'm a huge fan of Skyrim, and a lot of the it came up in the games a bit like Skyrim. Yeah. You might also like, and it was there, and I thought, all right, let's have a look at this. Really good. Really enjoying it. Very impressed. Uh, it's by Capcom. I don't know who the, who the actual studio is or anything because I don't really. They pay probably attention. don't either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's essentially a third person fantasy roam sand, sandbox roam box uh, questing type of medieval typey game with magic. Um, really good. Um, it is a lot like Skyrim, including the backup, backs, the, the backstory and setup. Um, the dragons of returning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I know, I've seen this story. Before. It's one big dragon has t- returned um, and is hugely powerful. Was well, he the one that wasn't popular with the other ones? So he had to go to I, this universe instead. I of don't know. He's, he's come from another dimension all of a sudden, um, and it turns up at your you're you're a, a little fisherman at your coastal village. I have to say the character creation and customization options are fantastically detailed and elaborate. There's all sorts of stuff you can you can uh, choose to, to create your own unique looking hero. And once you start, well, that all happens after one of those increasingly common, inexplicably out of control, max powered prologues, you know? You know, yeah. where, where a game decides that, oh, hell, that a, comp- a reviewer's only really got two hours to check our game out. We probably ought to put it all, front load it all into the beginning and put that down as a prologue. And so uh, you turn up not having any idea what you're doing in a catacomb with, with three companions and you in your, your big your big spiky armour with your huge sword and your, all your abilities. You have no idea how to work any of it. And it immediately throws you against a series of really terrifying monsters that are quite difficult to fight. And you're just flailing around with the controls. And then along comes a manticore. I didn't get past there. I'm not sure. I, I think you probably. The, the prologue went on much further than that, but I got killed, so I thought, okay, we're going to move on to the, the main game. Um, <laughs> it's okay, you're not going to find you're not going to be good enough to play this game until much later, so let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right, nobody understands this prologue, you're fine. Like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, do, do, a lot of games do. Do you think that's what that is? Um, it's partially that, and it's partially to keep people interested Reviews. because you see what you're going to become rather than, uh, oh, look, I have a rock and I can hit it against things to make Yeah, things I suppose over. so. Yeah, because most of these sorts of games where you're expected to put 60 to 100 hours of long, very long character progression in a massive roaming world and of quite a lengthy story to it, 
it those by you know, obviously those take a while to get going. So I think yeah, I think there's a certain cynicism to that in the a reviewer's going to play it for like half an hour and think oh yeah well whatever move on next and give it like you know the dreaded seven out of ten stars must. I, try I, I think reviewers get quite upset if you suggest they only played it for half an hour. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm suggesting that reviewers are busy and have a lot of games to put get through, especially in this this age of like two thousand games coming out every week on Steam. You know about oh, twenty of which are any good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. So you have all that, and that's quite confusing. Um, and then you actually the game proper starts with the opening cutscene, cinematic, and everything. Dragon turns up, sets fire to everything in your fishing village, and you uh, because you, you end up sort of you know in the in the crowd as this whole thing is going on. The dragon's flaming everything, and you pick up a sword and you run towards it when all the others are running away because that's what heroes do. Because you're an idiot. Because you're an idiot. Yeah, and you flail around. Suicidal idiot. You flail that. around wildly with this sword at this you know dragon. The dragon. We're talking massive dragons here, sort of Guild Wars two scale dragon. Dragons I've here, never like attacked a dragon with a sword. It's and a even stu- I know, it's without st- any experience, <laughs> I will be bad at it. It's a stupid thing to do, yeah. I mean, this dragon is, you know, we're talking sort of uh, huge mecha-sized dragons here rather than just slightly bigger than people dragons. Yeah. Um, and and you're sort of stabbing away at its ankle a bit while it's flaming all your, your village and stuff, and you manage to stick your sword into its paw, at which point it, it notices you, you know, and, and just the sheer gall of what you've done there causes it to uh, single you out for a good blasting. And then oh, it, yeah. it sort of claws out your heart with one talon yeah. uh, and eats it, which, you know, you don't like. You pass out. You wake up not having a heart and a huge scar and glowing powers and stuff, and all the villagers are a bit scared of you because <laughs> you're technically dead. This sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, yeah, the dragon's eaten your heart, and you've, I think at that point you decide... The basic quest at that point, I think, is that you've decided, right, I'm going to get my heart back. Yeah. <laughs> Get, Medical you know, knowledge 101. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a roaring rampage of revenge ensues. So shortly after that, you get a few little introductory quests around the village, helping them put stuff back together, put fires out, get medical supplies and so on. And it's all settled down into a, a sort of quite familiar quest fetch questy type of pattern and so on and then quite shortly after that you discover that you have the ability to summon and command pawns so pawns is the big thing in this game um and they're actually done very well, very clever. So the pawns are essentially party members. They're, they're, yeah. they're sort of interdimensional, soulless warriors that respond to the call of the Arisen, of which what you are one of. Um, and they come out of the mists, possibly from the same place the dragon came from. We don't know. That's perhaps a thing you find out later on. You come through this rift stone, and it sort of appears and, and drops to the ground. And immediately, sorry, you get one that's sort of predefined and comes and gives you a bit of exposition about it all. And then shortly after that, you get the ability to create your own pawn, your personal pawn who is loyal to you. And and I I, I have to admit, I'm continually chuckling at the use of pawn. The word yeah, pawn yeah. is extensively pawn commander, pawn guild, etc. I, 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 I look forward to seeing what the automatic subtitles <laughs> on YouTube make of this. It's P-A-W-N, as in chess piece. That's not going to help. That's not going to help, no. Um, but yes, so you get to make one of these, which essentially is just the character creation again. When you create your character and, and the pawn, you get to choose from three different classes. There's like a striker, which is a sort of melee DPS, dual dagger, bow type person. There's Defender, a fight, fighter who is a shield and sword and shield type and mage who gets the staff and magical powers and and from there you can cross into i think there's nine different classes in total that hybrid in and out of each of those so half half striker half fighter becomes an assassin and so on so you've got different <clears throat> different whole different sets of abilities and things that go with it so it sort of de- deviates away from Skyrim in that regard, in that Skyrim you sort of just take a bit of everything and become yeah. everything at the end, whereas you get a bit more class, closely defined classes as you go through. So your pawns can have these classes as well. So, you know, if you picked a mage, you can set your pawn up as a kind of tanky character, so it gives yeah. you a bit of complementary overlap, which is nice. Um, and so eventually you can have four of these, you can have three of these pawns on the go, creating a party of four, including yourself. So one of them is your own personal pawn, that's always yours, that comes with you everywhere, levels okay. you do. You, can, you, you basically buy their skills as well as buying your own, so essentially it's like a two party of two, one of them's you and one of them's your little helper. The other two pawns is really interesting, what it does, so the game has an online component, and this is weird, because it's not an online game, in the sense that yeah. four, four players, four people, can go and adventure together. Together. What it is is that your personal pawn, and I mean there are options in the settings to go into offline mode and just not do any of this, or or also that your personal pawn you can make available for other people to choose and recruit and take along in their Definitely game. Definitely played this game. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Um, so 
so the two other pawns that you have in your party of four are pawns that other other players yeah. have made and made available, and then you can summon them from the rift. Basically, the whole set of search criteria is when you go into this rift space, so you can say, right, I need a level 16 mage, I think, for the party. Um, and you can search down the list, and you can search from friends as well. The, the default, when I went into this rift space, so you walk into this rift space, which is just sort of black with clouds around the edges and, and various figures walking out of the mist towards you, and they're potential pawns you can recruit. And init- the initial... The initial set was all people who were on my friends list in Steam. Yeah. <laughs> the pawns that have been made by those. So that was quite interesting. Unfortunately, and the thing is, if you use somebody else's pawn, they gain, I think they gain knowledge and experience of areas and monster techniques and stuff. Each of the pawns has got like a three-star rating in fighting wolves or ogres or, or adventuring in this particular region or doing this quest as well. So if your pawn has completed a quest, that pawn gains full knowledge of the quest, three, yeah. three stars yeah. increment. Then, when you ta- someone else takes that pawn on that quest, and they haven't done it before, that pawn is giving them helpful advice about how to do the quest <laughs> as as you're playing through. The pawn chatter is is really elaborate and constant, and and surprisingly insightful and useful as well. They're constantly talking away, ch- chat, chatting away at you, and they put so much voice work into this game just to create the the dialogue for the pawns because they almost everywhere you go and everything you do, the pawns are chirping up and giving you useful, insightful advice on how to fight wolves. You know, or what where the weaknesses on cyclopses are, where where we need to go for to to, to look at the, to sort this quest out. I mean, they almost sort of border on spoilerific to a point. <laughs> the other people's pawns who know have been on the quests before tend to be, become genuinely very helpful, and that's surprising. I mean, you, you, we're used to the sort of NPC back chats going on in these games. Skyrim's a good example. Lydia's constantly yammering away, and it's but Lydia's only really got a sort of very limited set of stock phrases, and they're very generic. Yeah, then after a while you realise. Oh, catacomb! I wonder what's inside. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Whereas these pawns in in D- Dragon's Dogma, they're, they're constantly pointing out useful things relevant to very specific places and people and, and events as you're going through, and that's astonishing. Uh, of course, the downside of that is there's only about three or four different voice sets yeah. for them. Yeah. So you know, it's <laughs> and the, but one clever thing they've done to try and mix it up a bit is they pitch bended some of them. So there's, <laughs> so you've got one 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 voice actress one voice actress has made has done the whole set for one one particular NPC yeah. set that you choose. You can choose from about twelve different voice sets, and then that that same voice set exists and has just been raised by about <laughs> three or four you know <laughs> certain amount of pitch and a bit higher. I mean, some of them are on sound like they're on helium at the high end of it as well <laughs> but um it's just a I want one that just sounds like it's auto-tuned <laughs> it's it's a really clever and intricate system as well i mean i wonder how much it really adds to gameplay as a whole when you could just make do with lydia like normal and you know just some dumb npcs who go and do the fighting but they seem to build and develop useful tactics and techniques for dealing with each individual monsters on the ground as well the combat is fantastic i have to say it's i mean i suppose you know it's going this whole game invites comparisons to skyrim it's a very similar kind of thing but there's so many different differences in implementation that it does start to stand out as its own thing i mean the combat as i say is is much more it's very console-y because uh, you know i guess it's designed to yeah. go on it works well enough on a mouse and keyboard but you sort of map, you pick three different abilities to map to three different buttons, you know, that sort of thing. Left mouse, right mouse, and E as the other one. But that, obviously those would be your buttons on the console. And you basically buy and unlock special attacks, passive abilities, and normal uh, auto attack in- enhancements through experience points you earn in the game. And you use these special attacks in a very dynamic fashion. I mean, Skyrim is very good, but you, is, you wouldn't go to it for combat necessarily that's not its its strength its strength is the, the the just the sheer breadth of world and the vast the vast sort of uh, diversity of things you can do and, pit and characters you can be you know this is game it's a game where you become personally very powerful in all of the disciplines and following the great great many goings on in the world whereas this I, the combat is really tight and quite action based they the, the the enemies are very clever and quite complicated to work with as well wolves for example that you get the wolves very early on wolves and goblins are your sort of basic yard trash the wolves work in packs they come in and dart back out they they will try and distract while another one tries to knock you over that's rather unfair. yeah they they're they're quite clever for yard trash goblins they'll they'll some of them will go in and try and attack they'll rage some of them will stand back and throw stones at you and so on and and then you start getting onto the bigger monsters, and the big monsters are fantastic set pieces. It's not quite Shadow of the Colossus, but you do have to literally jump onto them and start <laughs> climbing around and stabbing at their armpits and trying to trying to trying to you know oh it's a Cyclops everyone knows you should shoot the Cyclops in the eye. oh that one's wearing a helmet right <laughs> uh, 
Okay, and but your pawns have done this much more than you have because other players have been there before and taught their pawns how to do this stuff. So the pawns are shouting things like "shoot the armor," to, you know. And they're wearing like you know these cyclops. Some cyclopses start wearing armor plates, and you can shoot those with the bow to knock them off. To uh, that's how armor works. Well, yeah. If if you can get the armor off, then you can reveal weak spots. But it, while the armor's in place, it's it's very hard to hit them. Um, and you get things like chimeras. That's those are a nightmare. You got the dragon's head, goat's head, snake tail, and they, these things are you know about five or seven or eight times the size of you and stomping around, bellowing, doing all sorts of things. Harpies are a problem. They come in, you know, they're aerial monsters, obviously, they're yeah. flying. <clears throat> but they they do a kind of uh, a sort of charm attack as well. They sing as they come in, and if you if they circle enough and do the singing, then you, you start falling asleep, which is not helpful. And then they'll start grabbing you and picking you up, and, mm-hmm. and you try and drop you from the heights, and you have to mash A, D, A, D, A, D, A. I don't like that, to be honest. No. no. I don't like the uh, mash, 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 mash to try and break free type mechanic. But, but again, your pawns, if you, F1, 2, and 3 uh, are sort of commands to the pawns will do their own thing and they're pretty clever and they know what they're doing but you can use f1 to go somewhere f2's to come here and i think f3's help so if you mash help while you're you know being lifted off the ground and dropped you know dropped from a height by harpies they'll your, your pawns will come in and start shooting the thing down trying to grab you and so on it's really intricate and 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 fascinating I think there's combo attacks as well. You know, I mean, my sword and shield pawn tends to tends to grab these hobgoblins into sort of half Nelson so that I can just stab at them <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. There's 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 certain attacks and combos of attacks that will chain off each other. You can help each other out to do combo attacks and so on. It's really surprisingly interesting. I don't think I've plumbed the entire depth of it at all. I'm a little about 30, 40, or 35 or so already. It's got levels. You earn XP as you level up and as you do quests and so on. And monsters will drop rift crystals, which you can pick up. So the pawn thing's interesting in that you have to pay this this currency to to recruit pawns. Yeah. But the current the base cost is zero if the pawns are your level. Okay. See, this is the interesting thing because obviously my pawn levels with me, and my pawn's now level thirty five or something. And if I make it available for other people to 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 use, which yeah. is fine. That might not be the level they are. So if they come into the rift space at level fifteen and see the pawn that's level thirty-five, to recruit that you'd have to pay a huge amount of these uh, these rift currency. Yeah, and I think I saw a level hundred and something pawn just come wandering through because sometimes it populates the rift space randomly. And to hire that, I think I'd have needed about a mil- one and a half million rift currency or something. Okay. So it's, they've 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 thought of they've thought of sort of power leveling via massively over leveled pawns and put some kind of mechanism in to balance it, and it seems to work quite well. I don't know if you get paid rift currency to take lower level pawns. I haven't tried that. So essentially, you're you're earning currency to help level someone else's mm. pawn. I don't know what happens once you've finished with the pawn. You send them away because the thing is, these pawns do not the the support. They're called support pawns. Yeah. So you've got your own pawn that levels with you and earns XP with you, same skills as you, and so on. The other two you hire, they don't level, which okay. forces you to let them go after a while yeah. and hire new ones yeah. of a higher level, which, which you know rotates through. So you don't just pick the first two you come across and keep them for the, forever. So that's interesting. Um, these pawns are also used out in the world as well. You've got this rift space, you go into a stone, black smoke everywhere, and they just wander out of the mists, and you can review them and pick some that are useful. But also, it's used all the time you're you're playing in the overworld and in the cities and stuff. It's using it's sort of popping online to get more details of pawns and, and yeah. starting to populate them in the streets. Oh, that's so cool. the NPCs <laughs> you're seeing wandering along the roads out in the wilds, they're also pawns and they're hireable. <laughs> <laughs> and they they use they use this they use these to sort of bulk out the the cities and, and villages and things. Bit as well, you can see them just wandering around out there. I mean, they're wildly, wildly variable to be honest, and I haven't found it useful to just wander up to a random pawn in the street and hire them on because too often they're the wrong kind of class for what I need or they're the wrong level or whatever. But it's a really intricate system. They could have just gone with some sort of pseudo randomization to generate NPCs out of thin air, or let's just plumb the vast yeah. array of what people have come up with. And um, it's it's quite fascinating seeing it. It's almost a sort of. It's not quite the same as an MMO in the sense that in an MMO you'd have hundreds of actual players wandering around doing stuff. But it's sort of an MMO by one step removed, which is a really fascinating concept that I've just not seen done anything like this anywhere else. It's it's interesting. So yeah, you've got your main story, which involves you sort of uh, the the hero's rise to power, for helping various people along the way, and eventually reaching the capital. The cities and the landscape are fantastic. There's one major city that's all you know, sort of cobbled streets and you know, t- tall, narrow Tudor-style houses and a big castle at the back and so on. And the the outside in the wilderness is, it's a pretty vast landscape as well. It takes time to get from place to place. You've got these teleport crystals you can use at strategic places to save locations that you can then teleport back to when you like in future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got that 
real open world feel to it that is something I thought was pretty unique to the Bethesda games, to be honest. Most people, most games, most people when they make this kind of game, they just don't make that kind of vast roam box. They'll they'll keep it I, quite. I can give you a small list of games. There, right there, I, yeah, there's some out there that I've not gotten to. I know Witcher Three probably is one I ought to. You need to. I know. I know. I'll get. Don't that. have to finish two. <laughs> but um, this is a really a sort of absorbing adventure roam box as well. There's crafting. I mean, there's just stuff everywhere that you find lying around. Herbs, bits of bone, trophies taken from dead monsters, and they they're all combinable in the in the UI to create consumables. You know, potions to remove this, that, and the other debuff or heal or whatever, and the equipment that you buy all comes with three stars of upgrade that you can. You can so it's not it's not this sort of you know crazy replacing your loot after every fight type loot yeah. system. You'll keep the same gear for a fair while, and then eventually unlock a merchant who's got the slightly better ones. But those items that you're buying and using will also be can be in, improved, enhanced with bits specific list of stuff. So, for, so rank one is just money. Yeah. Rank two will be some money and some bits from a particular type of monster, and then rank three will be quite a bit of money and some bits from quite a hard to find monster, that kind of thing. So you're sort of incrementing your power as you go, and, and it seems to work well. And then the combat can be pretty frantic; it can be a little bit arbitrary in places, particularly in some of the, the larger monsters. I'm wondering if I'm hitting some. Sometimes you hit, you get ambushed by monsters you're just not meant to fight yet. Perhaps. I mean, the dragon in particular. I've come across. I don't think it's the big dragon from the cutscene. It might be a smaller, different dragon, but I haven't worked out to kill that. Yeah, I've worked out that if you jump, you can grab on its tail because it's hovering. It's it's beating its wings and hovering and just you know flaming everywhere. But its tail dangles down, and you can you can reach that from the ground. So I managed oh. to jump onto it and climb up, but then I didn't know what to do when I was up there. How have you tried cutting <laughs> the wings off? Um, yeah, well, yeah. Have yeah. you tried poking it in its eye? <laughs> you need to. Have you tried a fire extinguisher? In the you mouth? need to clamber around and stab it in the right places or whatever. But I didn't quite work out what was going on, and then it killed me. So. Did you look for the bit that was a different colour? Uh it's not that subtle. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's subtle. You know, it's subtler than that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I presume, I, and I haven't had much helpful advice from my pawns on it either. Presumably, they haven't really encountered <laughs> this. No one much else has been dumb enough to try. Well, I tend to go around that one, yeah. But, but there's, it's, it's quite fascinating. It really is a sort of puzzle fight thing most of the way through. Most creatures, okay, wolves aren't. You don't need to know much clever stuff to deal with wolves. Just wail on them. But they, yeah. Yeah, the way they sort of dart in and work as packs is a bit of a challenge. But stuff like these saurians, there's like these reptile or humanoid monsters with big spears, and they're basically utterly more or less immune to everything from the front. But if you can get around the back and cut their tails off, they don't like that. The tail's the weak spot, and you know the pawns are shouting, "Sever its tail!" You know, and so you go around the back, chop the tail off, and suddenly they're they're sort of freaking out. And Do they can... wear armor? Um, no, but they're just really tough okay. on the front. So yeah, it's you learn different ways to deal with different opponents as you go through. It's it's quite a fascinating thing. Really enjoying it, and I'm, I'm sufficient. I mean, the plots like I've heard criticisms that the plot's a bit generic, not terribly interesting, and in the end, those are probably valid, but it doesn't really matter, you know. Mm. It's it's a fascinating game on a moment to moment basis that I'm quite happy enough to bemusedly follow on with this obvious you are the chosen one you must deal with the big threat to the world that's a dragon type thing um and perhaps it will surprise me as it goes along i mean there's you know there's there's talk of a of a cult as well as sort of messing things up a cult of humans that you have to try and thwart and deal with as well but on the whole it is you know you and you signing up to help the duke deal with the big dragon mm. um it's just really fascinating and and it sort of provides in the same way skyrim does that you can log you can sort of fire it up and go right what am i going to do today you know rather than yeah. many of these sorts of games where you log in and you go right now i must follow the quest tracker yes yeah you go there's all sorts of things going on lots of different side quests and interesting things happening here there and everywhere and i'm just sort of appreciating the sort of steady it, Steady climb of power and steady increasing competence and the ability to work within the game world and make it more of more of it under my dominion, as it were, mm. in sense of, you know, I know now now know how to deal with these monsters and I can, you know, whereas the first couple of times you have to fight an ogre, which is sort of a different variant on a cyclops that are just much harder to deal with. They're, they're clever. For example, you climb on the back and start stabbing away at the back of the neck. They just jump on their back, crunch out, bounce, uh. you bounce off. You know, they they, they start you know, they they do counter your countering attacks. <laughs> it's it's an interesting game. I'm really surprised. I guess, in, I, I don't know, is it, is it Far, Far Eastern import? Oh, I think it might of, have been. has a hint of a translation about it, but it's I, a very I've, good translation. I've got a is. vague hint that something on those lines, yes. Not, yeah, not that it particularly matters. It's really, no. really good. No. I like it. So, yeah, there you go. Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, which is, it could do with a better title, I think. Yeah, most games could. <laughs> Apart from that, it's it's very good. Yeah. It's down as overwhelmingly positive on Steam. Cool. So obviously, you know, there you go. 
I think it's developed by someone quite famous. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I should probably look into. Yeah, that yeah. Stuff. My, my memory is. It had that sort of generic sound to the title. I'd always just, just glossed over it before I, prior to. Yeah, yeah. You know, while I was looking through games, I thought, "Ah, oh, we'll give it a go." It's on sale, and it turned out to be really very good. I recommend it highly. So, um, over to you. I'm going to talk about a game. You've just talked about a game with the worst name ever. Mm. I'm going to talk about a game with the best name ever. Well, then hit me. It's called I Fair Lady. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, this is you remember Yorkshire Gubbins? Yes. The uh, point-and-click adventure pixel art. Mm-hmm. This is the woman behind that entry into a game jam, which was a two-week game jam. Okay. So entire game is written in two weeks. So it is a point-and-click adventure. Yeah. Uh, it's used the same engine as before. It reuses a lot of the graphics from before, but it adds something new to the is mix. Is that cheating? No, no. If you rock up to the game uh, jam with an engine you've already made for something else no, no, previously. No, no, that's actually allowed. All right. Uh, uh, but it adds add something new to the mix. Can yeah. you guess what this new thing is? Uh, don't know. It's a musical. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what the genre needs. And then you've got a two-week deadline to make a game jam thing. You make it into a musical. That, there's something that's slightly insane I about that. No, if I've ever come across a computer game that was a musical before, there's got to have been some, surely. There are musical games, Guitar Hero. And could, such. could we count Brutal Legend? Um, no, not really. I mean, the, uh, the, the, the rock battles are an RTS fight, but there's, yeah. not, there's not actually singing going on. It's. It's yeah. notionally a, a sort of rock concert, but there's no actual rock music going on on, on a stage anywhere. I mean, this mm. is a small half an hour game. Yep. Uh, point to click. So you're basically needing to find a bunch of things to get past a puzzle. Yeah. Uh, you know, the usual. Rubber just chicken with a pulley in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you wander around, uh, the, the robots have declared that it's set in Yorkshire, mm-hmm. you know, 100% actual <laughs> Yorkshire. So yes. the robots have declared that today is uh, compulsory singing day. So everyone has to <laughs> sing. And fine. you get a 20p <clears throat> fine if you don't. Okay. Wow, okay. Yeah, harsh. Yeah, for Yorkshire, yes. Yeah. Uh, and so um, uh, Steggy, the heroine, uh, doesn't like this. Right. She um, doesn't like singing and doesn't think everyone should be having fun that Is way. Is this the plot from We Will Rock You? I don't actually know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> no, I, yeah. uh, and, and so uh, she decides that she needs to enter a singing competition to meet the uh, person in charge so that she can stop him. Right. And okay. so you basically have to find a way to enter a singing competition, a windset singing competition, while being able to dance, um, and um, uh, and you have to win this to uh, meet the guy so you can make him stop. Okay. Um, Straightforward so far. Yes. And there's no moon logic. No there's moon logic. absolutely no moon logic. Okay. You need to be able to dance. I'm going to a small uh, spoiler here. You need to be able to dance. There's a ferret. Right. Yeah, obvious. Fair enough. It's it's really good. It's really amusing. It's really funny. It's very very short, but you know, two week. Oh, it's free as well, hmm. and it's going to go into Yorkshire Gubbins as a um, uh, free chapter in that. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's really good and really fun, really entertaining, and I really like the something like this exists because what can be done in a fortnight? Yeah, the, the, the mere audacity. Was this just? Her, just, just her, or has she got a small team working on this? Oh, just her doing the development. Okay. Uh, she's got voice actors, right? And okay. she got them to do the singing for most of it, but she did some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she wrote all the music, well, most of the music. Um, in two weeks. Instrumented it's it. Astonishing. When you see these like massive AAA jobbers taking like five time, five years, and like two hundred and fifty people. Well, you, know, you work in uh, software as I, a general. I have known to dabble. Um, yeah, and you would agree that well, like the, in QA, I work against okay. software. You agree that I, I would imagine that the uh, productivity of a team mm. is inversely proportionate to its size. It <laughs> can be the case. Yeah, <laughs> put a hundred people overhead. on a problem, yeah. and you'll get a lot less done than if you gave it to two people and told them to do it for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's really funny. Uh, the music isn't bad at all in fact it's quite good mm-hmm. um it's got the um, um usual uh yorkshire gubbins robots and people and the cast is quite a lot the same as new people it's uh, makes sense if you've yeah. just got two weeks to and the music's not something. all of the same style either yeah okay yeah it's really good cool. i really liked it so this game jam thing is there like a website for that a, a place we can look at the other undoubtedly <laughs> exercise for the viewer yeah. right good google it yeah Look for there, there are no new yeah. questions. It won, so yeah. 
Yeah. Fair enough. You kind of have to do research. Well, if, if that one, then perhaps the others are not of a, such a high quality. Yeah. Some of on. us had to play a game between finishing the uh, Grand Prix being on and you coming over half an hour later, your, and it fit perfectly. Your dedication to the show is as high Brilliant. as ever. I just did play other do you want me to talk about a thing then? Yeah, you can talk about a thing. Um, okay, I'm going to do a what we're not playing segment. Yay! Um, it's the best guy. <laughs> sort of hypothetical. No, it's, it's a sort of post-mortem thing, really. I mean, so, yeah, we've had quite a few static groups on the go, and it's, it's, it feels like a season of change. It feels like a season of... Uh, of, of the witch. Well, it's a season of people going out and living lives and being doing important things. Long walks gaming. in the field, watching, Summer, the, as we wa- call it. watching the crops t- slowly turn from green <laughs> to golden. Yes, yes. Contemplating the, the deeper prey things. circling above, yeah, overhead, anyway. thinking, is that a vulture? One thing, one thing Have that... I gone too far without water? <laughs> Am I going to make it? You, you don't really do outdoors. Do I am doing an awful lot of outdoors. It's mm, fantastic. Okay. As I told by my brilliant tan. Mm. Is that what that is? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so we're not playing Secret World Legends on the Monday. Um, yeah, I think it's just scheduling. Lots of people busy. Um, so we, I didn't get past Egypt again. I'm never going to see Transylvania in that game, and i got a feeling this is probably my last go. Yeah. I just can't be bothered starting well, Secret World Legends you, again. You're not going to go back to it after they relaunch it as a battle royale. <laughs> God. <laughs> Um, yeah, fun, come, fun, come, fun, come. Um, yeah, so Secret World Legends, I think Secret World Legends was a good idea and and and, a, and, and much needed implementation, but I think possibly, certainly from my own perspective, it's it's just too late. Yeah. I've just worn myself. I think if you'd never played Secret World before and came at it with Secret World Legends, you're probably going to get more out of it than if you'd have joined it in the first place back in the day. I think in terms I of got the, very little out of it in when terms I joined of it back a, in the day. A new player experience and, and you know, just a, a coherent, you know, solid game that presents itself as a, as a, a useful thing to start to finish. It's probably in, in a be- much better place than it was when it launched, which was a much more obtuse kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I get that it's meant to be a sort of some degree of puzzle based search things on the Internet ARG type thing. But that's for the investigation missions, not basic gameplay, which it often tended to be in the first place. Yeah. So the Secret World Legends legendsness of it all has has really helped it's yeah it dumbed it down but it's a game i thought that did need dumbing down frankly um but yeah i just ah we got i mean we got to where we got much quicker than in previous goes but i must have blasted through solomon island about four or five times in the past now and i don't think i've got the stomach to face it again no ever so i'm not sure i'm ever going to try secret world again it's just is it is it possible to design a game where even though you really want to replay it, mm. uh, and it avoids the problem of even though you want to replay it, uh, you can't get past that first bit. Mass Effect being the one that's major. For well, me. I think any game that you any any lengthy story based game that you play again and again and again, each time you play it, the early parts will get more and more tedious. Not through anything it is or isn't. It's because do of your own part, your own memories and expectations. Do the of early it. parts need to be more open world and less linear? Um, well, in that case, yes. Well, perhaps. But and do they need more hobbits delivering pies? If, if you do that, then you have to sacrifice story. And story does not generally bear repetition much. I mean, yeah, yeah we, everyone's got you know, novels that they enjoy rereading, certainly. But you don't get the same kind of, oh, you know, awestruck page gripping, page turning going on. Second and subsequent goes through it because spoilers, you know. So the more story based and the more narrative your game journey, the less I think it stands up to repetition. Which is fine if the basic gameplay is the nuts and bolts of moment to moment pressing the buttons to do stuff is is fun and engaging and i don't think secret world really holds up in that regard it is very mmo combat the the legend side of it has made it better made it more coherent you've got some idea of what what level the opponent you're facing is and whether you ought to be able to beat it or not you know you've got some idea of what your which abilities you ought to put in the tray and which which work well with each other and which don't and you've got some idea now of what your role is in a group which you know, all of that was pretty, uh, a pretty sort of nebulous and abstract in, in the original thing. So Legends is better at it, but ultimately, another day is still that sort of pushing, pushing numbers and watching little clocks on a ta- on a taskbar cool down. I mean, just contrasting it to Dragon's Dogma, for example. Dragon's Dogma is is full on action combat with you know yeah. proper. You know, standing in the right place, using abilities and combos to fight, and there's no watching a clock to cool down, and there's no stamina. But well, there is a stamina bar actually, but but that's part of the gameplay. You can't just constantly charge, charge, charge. You choose what to use and when. But there's something about that kind of MMO gameplay which hasn't really changed since EverQuest. 
I mean, I I would, you know, I mean, obviously text... No, no, text muds didn't have that kind of combat. I no. don't know what they did for combat. Maybe there's some rudimentary dice roll combat going on there. What you had to do is you had to type in a lengthy description of what you were going to do. Oh, yeah. It was passed by the server, and then it gave back a lengthy description. Well, maybe. I mean... That's not entirely true. Yeah, but you, most, most EverQuest-style MMOs, you know, from EverQuest running all the way up to today, they'll have a little combat window as well. Yeah. So you've got your chat window with people typing and stuff. Then there's, you know, there might be a guild chat window or whatever. But there'll be a tab on the little chat window which says combat. And you click that and there is just so-and-so has hit such-and-such for this many points of damage and blah, 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 blah. And uh, essentially, underneath all of it, it is dice rolls. You can yeah. do what you like with yeah. number keys and little cooldown clocks and jumping about. And some games, you know, Age of Conan, for example, has positional shields. Where, and if you hit it on the left side, you know, you do a left swipe, then oh, yeah, and it's got the two clever. shields, it does it damage reduction. Yeah, that just got tedious. It yeah. got annoying. Um, but it, it's, it's all dice rolls at the end of the day and they just dress it up in visuals whereas a proper computer game is one where you're actually aiming you have a reticle and even then sometimes dice rolls creep into those which is you, oh, any any combat uh, any shooter any shooter where the gun console. has accuracy stats yeah. that's dice oh, yeah. rolls you know and, and any <clears throat> shooter on a, a console will have auto aim yeah yeah I mean so yeah it, it, Something like the division is and, and defiance pseudo shooters and much more engaging and interesting on a moment to moment. And Warframe, is, yeah, yeah, I play. I'm constantly playing Warframe over and over. It's and I've seen the maps to death. I've, you know, I'm very used to the tile sets and the types of enemies. But the moment to moment gameplay is skillful and rewarding. Whereas yeah, just Secret World Legends, it doesn't really seem to have come on much from the original EverQuest style of push the button, watch the clock, push the button, watch the clock, and eventually. It dies or you die, you yeah. know, depending on which button you've pressed. I mean, uh, and it's, I don't know, Secret were you know, the Legends part of it has mapped some of those abilities onto left and right mouse in, an, in a bid to try and create a more action-y feel of experience. But ultimately, I'm sure it's still doing dice rolls yeah. behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, undoubtedly. And, and it is all to do with where you're stood and watching the clocks. So, I don't know, maybe I'm, you know, dumping on something which is not broken. Maybe that is a genre that is what it is, and that's fine. But I think perhaps I've grown out of that kind of thing well, these days. I don't know if I... I, I mean, I'm playing Lotro as if well. If you and, compare it to something like Diablo, yeah, which makes that sort of style combat fun. Yeah, it clicks. it's clicks per minute. Well, the thing with Diablo is that you don't have... Uh, and uh, little clocks cooling down. I don't think. I mean, some of the special abilities, perhaps. But yeah, your special the basic attack is it will you will attack as fast as you can. Click, yeah, which yeah. at least keeps the the feedback loop tight and keeps well, you involved. That's the problem. The, 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 the MMO design came from it being a client server thing in a day where yes. you were on dial up. I would like to attack. Okay, I'm sending my attack. There we go. I've sent yeah. my attack to the server. Now I'm going to wait for the result. Oh, here is the result. Yeah. Ah, I've hit my target. Whereas okay. now, now what I do? Now I, I put it to you. I'm going to do an attack. Here you go. Here is my attack. This essentially what is going yeah. on but much I, faster i'd put it to you now though that uh computers are faster than that yes yeah. and the internet is faster because yes, you know these things used to run on dial-up remember we, you used to play eve on dial-up most yeah everquest the, the fundamental architecture of everquest i mean it's something like about everquest it was very good and very clever for what it was at its time in that you can do that kind of apparently real-time computer game combat going on in apparent real-time. Yeah. And we're all on dial-up. I had a ping to the server about 300 milliseconds because you know, it was US servers back in there. It was yeah. very, different, very rare to see EU ones. And that wasn't the reason why you were rubbish. It wasn't the reason I was rubbish, no. I mean, the, the, so these the old style of... The first-generation EverQuest-style MMOs were designed so that you could... You could get all the feet, all the two-way communication you needed, well within the bandwidth yeah. available, which meant not sending much, which meant doing much of it on the client side and just validating the dice rolls at the target at the server end. Anyway, long story short, <clears throat> I just finding that the moment-to-moment -moment basic combat gameplay. I mean, I picked a, a, a trickster this time, which is the chaos focus, so it was a kind of kung fu martial arts tanking type of thing, and you know the animations were all right, but then there's always something a little bit detached a little bit unconnected with all of Funcom's games I don't know what it is it's some some it's it's, it's almost like a, a perceptual lag to it all it, yeah. it, it, you don't you don't react immediately there's a fraction of a second it's enough to detach you and make you feel like you're not really in control of the character and then yeah you're watching the clocks all cool down and so yeah I mean you can divide you divide all these games into you know hands-on and hands-off style of combats and, and yeah the MMO style of combat versus you know, real-time combat something like you know battlefield you know, call of duty destiny whatever 
And I'm just really getting a bit fed up with... I mean, I'm playing a lot of Lord of Rings online at the moment as well, but that's because I want to get through the story and see what that's all about and see the lands yeah, I've that, never seen that's before. that's sheer bloody-mindedness. It's sheer bloody-minded because so the moment-to-moment combat in Lotro itself is pretty dull too. Yeah. It's not enough to carry it. It's not interesting. I mean, okay, I'm playing a warden in Lotro, which means that you have an intricate gambit system, which... So you have three main buttons, and then it's the order in which you press them, and then the final execute button does lots of different things. So that at least keeps me busy and occupied yeah. and interested <coughs> in, in remembering which gambit and what I want to use at what any other time. But most of the other classes, I've got a little well, Obi Hunter I'm just levelling to see the Shire with, and it's just push number one, push number one, push number one, and the Hunter basically just stands there and just nails stuff with really yeah. high damage oh, yeah. attacks <laughs> well aware. really boring <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, I would put that up against a game like destiny mm. which is a game which is effectively an mmo yeah um which has hardly any plots worth speaking of mm. is really really repetitive when it comes down to you know the dlc start reusing the maps and yeah. things and it, it is really a poor show all around if you're mm. being uh, looking at it from an objective point of view yeah but the minute-to-minute shooting the is so good game. that it doesn't matter. Yeah, this is what I'm finding with Warframe as well. I mean, we're just endlessly repeating very familiar missions over and over in Warframe, and, and I'm loving it because the moment-to-moment is really engaging. It's fast. It's very, very tight. Again, yeah. You get none of this push a button, and then half a second later, your character mimes an action at another thing that mimes a dif- another action. It's right and, on and, and, and then more content keeps coming. You, you, you'll have a little break between enemies, and there'll be more enemies. Yeah, yeah. There's not a massive long gap where it sends you the off to the other side. Side of the map yeah. to go talk to someone, yeah, yeah, because it's, you haven't taken enough t- time. They're basically on it. very tight corridor-based yeah. warehouse-type missions that you're just flying through yeah. with insane parkour, and that's very satisfying to do well. And then you sort of you, you come out of that and you fire up Secret World, and it's like oh, right here we go, you know, two two people miming at each other, like, and then if you feel like nothing, it's Secret World Legends is like two years now, a year, um, I think yeah, a year anniversary. That's the Legends bit. Secret yeah. World itself is like five or six years old, and I think oh, was it Anarchy Online's got. 14 year anniversary yeah and you're just thinking we've not really you know secret world legends and anarchy on i I actually did download and had a quick look at anarchy online and got totally bored with that but you don't the the visuals have improved but just the i don't know you just think we haven't really moved on that far have we no well that and then yeah to be drop drop into something like warframe to be honest the mmo has not really progressed that much it's it's we see, we seem to be moving away into hybrid forms. I think I don't know. Well, I think the MMO failed, and what we're getting now is people taking the ideas from MMOs and putting it into other things. Mm. And I think that's a good thing because we will go back eventually, yeah. and somebody will come up with a fantastic a new idea. I can't idea. really think of any big profile MMOs coming down the pipe. To be honest, I'm, I mean, <laughs> Star Citizen. Yes, okay. Oh, I downloaded but, that. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, well, we should have a segment on that. I think. But anyway. no, I downloaded it. <laughs> good. <laughs> No, I downloaded it and then they did a massive patch an hour or two after. But it's all these Kickstarter things and all these little, you know, sort of vanity funded things. Isn't there a Camelot something coming out? Yeah, Camelot Unchained's betering now or very soon. And that's essentially a remake of Dark Age of Camelot, which was very popular and well received in its time. But, you know, it's another another sort of 15 to 20 year old MMO. You can't ever feel the boat on that one has been well and truly missed. Well, it's not that. No, no. This is it. We're in the age of Kickstarter artisanal MMO retro experiences that people of a certain age like me will put down, you know, way more money than, than a normal custom would just to be able to recapture that lost youth, but with perhaps modern graphics and modern, you know, technological sides of things. And perhaps that's where it is. Perhaps that's where it should be. Perhaps that's that's fine. You know, if people want, you know, people who want to keep these niche hobbies going out of their own pocket, then that's what we'll get. That's mm. what we'll see. And that's fine. But yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, Secret World Legends. I just, just I, this really was my last chance to try and see all yeah. that game, and I'm just not going to see it. Anyway. And the problem is, I really, it's absolutely it. The, the moment-to-moment gameplay and the skill system and the game itself, you know, it, as a game, it's it's pretty pretty average, yeah. average going on poor. But the story was fascinating. The story was interesting. I'd, I'd love to just read a, a novel of the Secret World. I'd like to see someone from Funcom sit down and just write a you know good three good three hundred page. Is there not a really good about, wiki? I, well, yeah, maybe. I'll to just work my way through the wiki reading yeah. the, the walkthroughs of all the stories because it might be some yeah, more rewarding and more satisfying because you don't have this constant and now you must go literally on the Secret of Legends retooling of Solomon Island there are stages where you must now go away and get to level 20 
It's like, oh, what? or gets to level 30 before it'll let you do any more of the interesting Brilliant. story. That's the sort of thing that encourages Bam! me to come back. Yeah, exactly. It's that sort of, oh, I'm really into this slam straight into some narrative <laughs> wall, and now you must go away and grind your ass off before we're going to yeah. dole out another little breadcrumb of interesting content. And you yeah. just think, oh, what? We've got a level system. It doesn't quite cover yes. all the content. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because the original, you, you could do it, you could attempt it when it, at any point, but you're just, just so yeah. overwhelmed by it. But so even the, so, oh. you should be able to play through these things. If you've off and level that's just well, make busy yeah. work it is literally make busy work yeah it's because it's, my I, time I is worth more than they think it is i'm beginning to understand that perhaps my time might be worth something after all as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got a low opinion of my the value of my time which is why i'm quite happy to play mmos a lot of the time but i would just love to read through like you know a good secret world trilogy of novels and just find out what it was what it was all about what's going on because it does a fantastic job of setting up all, all manner of weird inexplicable things it is essentially a contemporary set novel where all of the rumours and conspiracies and myths are true. Yeah, that, it's, which it's is a, a fascinating Yeah, novel. it's a fantastic concept. It's very much sort of a bit like uh, American Gods, you know, that sort yeah. of modern mythology type of exploration. And, you know, there's the filth, this like black liquid that's appearing everywhere. And what is that really? Where's it all come from? You know, and then they've got this black bloke in the black clothes and the woman in the white clothes who appear to you in a dream at the start just before you get your powers and what's going on with that and you get you get that doled out in little fragments between massive long stretches of now go and kill a million zombies and you just yeah. like, all right well you know is this story's good but it's not that good and you sort of get a bit fed up with it all yeah so and i thought i thought with legends it would have been tightened up and more streamlined and we'd have had a serious opportunity to go through it and see it all properly and and it's just not happened really i mean partly it's our fault partly scheduling we haven't really and you know there's nothing at all stopping me from just breaking away and soloing my way onward yes there just because there's no static group now i could carry on on my own no, there, there is a I, perfect reason why you're not i can't be asked yeah <laughs> there you go you don't think it's worthwhile uh, yeah, yeah, because we tended to sort of do the do the solo storyline as a group, which basically means you can do it fast and you can do it in a in a in a at a pace which makes good narrative sense. Yeah. Instead of the pace they torturously give to you as a solo player to to keep you busy and keep you subscribing and keep you paying in the cash shop, I suppose. Anyway, long story short, didn't we bounced off that? Um, we also are not playing Neverwinter Nights. And that was a shame. We were doing the Shadows of Undertide campaign. I mean, it's all a retro thing. This is the enhanced edition that beam dog have recently put yeah. out um which came with all the different expansions as part as part of the thing uh and i'd never seen the shadows of undertide but it turned out to be quite a generic story in the end oh. the magic the magic evil artifacts have been kept in a safe place but oh no they've been taken and you know it was sort of uh, okay following it around and and the yeah the old the old the old neverwinter tile set neverwinter nights tile set and construction set it's I, yeah yeah, it was revolutionary in its time, let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> yeah, because prior to Neverwinter Nights, it was all 2D sprites, Baldur's Gate engine stuff. So, you know, but I don't know. Even as a retro experience, it, it does show its age. It's very laggy, and it doesn't do multiplayer very well at all. Yeah, that's the problem with games of that age. Well, Neverwinter Nights in particular is very, very laggy because what they do is they it's all it's a client-server thing, even yeah. with a solo player. And so when you click on a place to move and it will send... All right, I'm going to move here now. Here you go. All right, and you sit there and you wait for it. Oh, I've moved over there. And your character sort of lags their way, drifts their way across. <laughs> it's really hands-off. It's the opposite of tight um, yeah. Yeah, in terms of, you know, click, immediate feedback response type loop. And and then what's, pro- what's further complicated is that if you've got four or five players actually in the world all at the same time and they all click in the same place and then you'll write one down and post it and then he goes oh no no hang on no oh he's moved there so they can't both be in the same place oh put you over there so your character's like they're all sort of ping-ponging around and sort of getting blocking each other and trying to and the pathfinding's atrocious because it's a tile-based thing yeah so now that should make it easier well i don't know it really should make it easier it must you must when once you i never designed a level in neverwinter nights presumably you create the level and then it will process it to create pathing but maybe it doesn't Maybe well, it has some really, really generic thing that just doesn't work very well. I'd have guessed it would put down nodes at the major points, know. then you always start to move you around between it. I don't but, know, uh, but it can't, it can't really cope very elegantly with collision problems with multiple yeah. players all trying to do the same thing in the same space. It's, it's just, you get blocked all over the place. And, and, then, and, and the obvious solution of just make the people... Well, the combat also is very path you're dead type you know yeah, it's quite extreme yeah. you know because it's using dungeons and dragons rule sets which tend to do that yeah, yeah they, it's a system that tends to allow for insta-killed wizards with one yes. arrow and, and the online D&D, or the, the D games 
uh, the computer ones, uh, lacking that uh, whole um, well, if you DM imp- deciding, now actually, if I kill everyone the first round of the first combat yeah, of this adventure, yeah. that's a bad thing, so I'm going to fudge this. You, so, you, yeah, you lie a bit. You, you, yeah. You, you can, yeah, exactly. You, you want to keep the game interesting and fun. You don't want your entire party wiped out by through the As much as I like to joke about the idea that the DM's job is to kill the first player, <laughs> as an example, the DM's job is actually to find ways to stop the players from dying. Well, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of, you know, punishing idiocy, necessarily. No, but you, but, just general day-to-day. Oh, God, they kill, they've rolled, they've rolled yeah. 15 ones in a row that can't that can't be good no we'll lie about some of those maybe yeah. but but also also there's this particular problem with if you if you religiously implement rules as written from a paper pen and paste pen and paper paper based game with dice and pizza and cheetos and sitting around a table into a computer game the computer is going to implement those yeah. utterly ruthlessly and like with with huge speed as well yeah. which means that a, a combat that's getting a bit out of hand in a pen and paper game just suddenly goes woof yeah. it just <laughs> disappears in, you, you're there gone is, there straight is a away <laughs> yeah you're gone straight away when a computer does all those numbers for you there's no sort of th- time to think about what you're going to do next between each dice roll it's oh my god oh my god oh god we're all dead because the computer will just go boom 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 it, you know the, when it's controlling its monsters and so for Neverwinter Nights you have to it's not a question of oh it's got a but it's got a pause function that's nice I can go to the loo or I can get a drink no you have to use the pause constantly during yeah. every fight literally second by second as soon as you've issued a command push balls now have a think you know it's in, and and with four or five people all trying to do that at the well, same time sharing the pause button the, gets, the problem is that dnd was inherently turn-based yes yes and, and the game is not never winter nights is, is real time yeah exactly and so just taking the rule sets vertebrum across yeah is not the best decision yeah yeah exactly which is why you know most decent computer role-playing games come up with their own system yeah. and implement real-time you know real time from the go or they are a turn-based thing with a grid and you move your people right now your turn and i've seen some quite good modern you know modern sort of indie type um computer role-playing games which are grid-based and turn-based yeah you move your characters they have a certain number of action points and so on and that's a good way to implement it but trying to implement you know yeah exactly pen and paper game into a real-time computer game and it just the, the sudden increase in speed on the gm's part is utterly brutal and ruthless so so yeah never tonight's was good in its day and, and the best of what we had at the time but i think nowadays yeah i, I don't think it works very well any and and, and we, had, we had an unfortunate scheduling slot as well sunday afternoon people are busy and going places and doing stuff so we couldn't really get everyone together at the same time and again there's nothing stopping me soloing onward but um well actually there is because tepo tepo got the uh got all the save files that's the other problem with never win tonight it's no server yeah one yeah. player is the server so if that player can't turn up no no play because they've got all the same game you can sort of put it in a drop box somewhere and have someone else load it up maybe but we never really then, then you got versioning issues it's then, yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of faff frankly when yeah. there are better tools for yeah. that available which is most mmos these days I mean, better tools better games yeah exactly so yeah those, those are what we're not playing we're still playing warframe a lot um i can't see us stopping on that we're getting into the new stuff there's a new whole big new story based update the sank uh, the, the sacrifice it's the new stuff it's all quite fascinating it's difficult to talk about the story in warframe without spoiling it all magnificently because there's some fantastic <gasps> moments in there that i really did appreciate and enjoy and um i'm imagining this latest big big expansion which is a very story focused one probably has some similar stuff mm. as well but uh, yeah still going with that I'm still going with Lotro, still going with Pathfinder, but apart from that, um, yeah, I don't know where we're going next. I might just, you know. Take some time for yourself. Yeah, well, I might not suggest an immediate, we should all immediately leap into a. Enjoy the summer. I imagine new static group projects will come up in time, but uh, for the moment, yeah, I'm quite content just to coast with what we have. Maybe pick up a few more single player games Mm. so I can talk about on the show. Mm. Anyway, anything else? I discovered a game. Oh, go on then. I literally discovered it in a box when I was going through (laughs) some stuff Star Trek Armada. Oh, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yes, it's the top-down RTSE Star Trek games. Now, these things are, one, incredibly out of print Mm -hmm. because uh, Activision don't have the Star Trek uh, license anymore, so they can't go up on GOG or anywhere. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, having having yeah. a copy on CD or finding a copy somewhere else, which is awesome. I mean, you, you see, see some Star Trek stuff on GOG, the old 21st, 25th anniversary. That goes way back. Click adventure. Is that before the... Oh, yeah. You see, at the moment, you can't have... EA have got the license for Star Trek, so they're not going to let Activision release anything. Oh, okay. Because... Uh, no, they haven't. Who's got the license for Star Trek? I don't know. Can't remember. Anyway, mm. someone's got it. But... Um, 
Because yeah. there was the, latest, the most recent Star Trek thing I remember was the Bridge Commander VR thing, wasn't it? Yeah, actually. Bridge Crew, Bridge who is Team that? One. I don't Can't know who that was, but yeah. Anyway, mm. yeah, but it, it's it, still it, a marketable property. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Activision aren't allowed to release it because they don't have the license, so they're not allowed to make money off it, not allowed to sell it. So what you're going to do? Give it away. You can't do that either because no. you don't have the license to do it. It's not uh, yours. Uh, it does not belong to you. Mm. So uh, I found the CD, but um, enterprising people out there may... Sorry, I did that. Uh, <laughs> I could possibly find a copy. Clever. And the important thing is you download the 1.2 patch, mm. then the 1.3 patch, which I don't think is actually an official patch, mm. and then you download this guy's um, other patch, which he's put up on GitHub. And what that does is corrects the calls to the direct 3D initialization code, which stops it running on Windows 10. Ah. Then you spend a good hour faffing around trying to get the whole damn thing to work in a proper ah, resolution. The joys of abandonware. Yeah. And then um, as you, eventually you've got it running in 4040p um, full graphics. You nicest. must really want to play this. That's a lot of effort. Or did the t- technical challenge of getting it going was the game itself for you? Uh, Sun cost fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, I, I, I thoroughly support that outlook. I mean, yeah. I buy games for life. I don't just rent them and for a year. I now have it working almost flawlessly, and I'm very, very happy. Excellent. And I've been playing it, and um, game design's changed. <laughs> <laughs> you remembered how bad it is. It's harsh. It's not bad. It's good. Okay. It's just harsh. You can go from... Games were more difficult. You can go from winning a mission to this mission is now completely lost, game over, yeah. in a couple of seconds. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so basically, uh, if you don't know what it is, because... Get good. It's a game where you have um, various ships from the Star Trek world, mm-hmm. universe, uh, and you also have base building. So you build a star base, you build a, a gathering thing, you build a shipyard to make more things, and you often send them off little fleets to go fight people on these uh, 2D maps, and then there's nebulas you can hide in, mm, and man. asteroid fields you can fly around. It's quite elaborate. Uh, you know, occasionally there'll be an abandoned ship you can take over by sending uh, people over using your transporter, mm. which is a fantastic bit of technology which you may not know about. And, uh, and actually, the game does really still stand up. It's a bit simplistic because it's always the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But what I, I was really craving a bit of the old school uh, RTS game because mm. yeah, I've been playing some of the more recent ones. Uh, the, the stuff that we get given nowadays, and it, they don't scratch the itch anymore. Are there are there recent RTSs? Dawn of Wars and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I still get them now and then. E- e- even um, Star Wars, whatever its name, um, thingy, Blizzard one. Oh, um, Starcraft. Starcraft, that's the one. Starcraft two. Yeah, the Starcraft two. I didn't like because it, it it was too focused it was all seemed to be that you know the commando mission from command and conquer mm. and and that hero, sort of level units. the hero units yeah. not i'm going to make a small fleet and send them off to attack stuff and i wanted something a bit more retro like that because that's the sort of experience i wanted homeworld I, I wanted one. a fun experience where you <laughs> yeah although you know i need to finish replaying the I need uh, re-release to, of I need, yeah i need to get the remastered one and give that a go because that's a lot less harsh mm. Uh, also, I need to finish uh, Deserts of Whatever, which was the... Deserts of Karak. Yeah, which was the um, On the Planet one. Mm, where you sort of prequel, yeah. Which was actually fantastic, and then I stopped playing for whatever reason. Mm. Possibly a mission was too hard. I can't remember. Um, I might have said it on the show, but I doubt it. Mm. Um, somebody go back, listen to them all, and tell me, <laughs> and while you're doing it, come up with a list of all the games you talk about. So I thought show. the reason we did these was as a sort of diary for ourselves. If we can't be bothered to go back and look at them, then that, there's no point, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's one of the questions. Why do we do this? Hey. We don't ask them. Anyway, yeah. Star Trek Armada, the first one, now it works and is playable. Mm. Uh, it, it's still fun, incredibly harsh, and uh, there is uh, quite a lot of voice acting in it. Um, some taken from the show, wow. some by uh, real people. Okay. Um, like, I'm pretty sure that's Patrick Stewart saying stuff which wasn't in the show. Oh. Um, or if it was I can't remember but there's definitely bits where Patrick Stewart saying stuff which was in the show and they just put it in because you can always tell when they lift us up from the show because the sound design is completely different <laughs> there's a lot yeah. more echo on it because uh, he was in a room and yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, the second mission I think it was is one where you're a wharf in uh, a ship which most definitely is not the Defiant but it looks like the Defiant yeah. um, was released 
2001, so I wonder why that decision was made. Did the Defiant get destroyed at the end of DS9 in the end? I can't uh, remember. Uh, yes. And he got destroyed at one point, and then the Valiant got re- was it Valiant? One of them got renamed to be the Defiant. I, yeah. Yes. I can't maybe. remember. It's been so long since I watched it. But anyway, niggling about starships. Mm, uh, yeah. It's quite interesting. It's got a large amount of ships. It's got um, ships they've designed. Yeah. They all look stupid. <laughs> There, there is a rule about Star Trek. If if the ship comes from the TV show, mm. or even the movies, because yeah. uh, some of the new movie ones are a bit hot roddy, uh, they look okay. Yeah. If it has been designed for the game, it would never look good. There's a lot of that in Star Trek Online. There yeah. is indeed. Yeah, you can, tell, you can tell which ones were actually in a show. Yeah, it? yeah. I don't know why. What the hell is that? No, oh, God. nobody can quite capture that design language and they always decide to go off on one they just take the saucer and stick it in all the unusual yeah. places it's like you know, when, I, when I was playing uh, Star Trek Online look this one's got six in the cells why and I was using uh, a made up um, original series era ship and it was just awful bits of another thing put together <laughs> in completely the wrong order for the language <laughs> of the show you're going to be that guy you are aren't you Going to be. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, it's really good. It's still fun to play. You can't buy it. It's so tough. And it's quite expensive on eBay. So tough. Go. And I, heaven forbid, anyone would actually say it's available for free. Should with no one. No, I can. You just download it. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, anything else? No. No. Uh, do your spiel. I don't know. Ask me what I learned this week. No, don't really care. Oh, because I actually did learn something important. Oh, go on then. What did you learn this week? I keep forgetting to do that. The Flatliners reboot is really not worth <laughs> watching. I'd, I'd, I'd picked up as much from, from various web <laughs> commenting. Yeah, Flatliners itself wasn't great. No, but. Flatliners were terrible. And the worst thing about the reboot of Flatliners is um, uh, what's his name turns up? Mm. Um, Jack Bauer guy thingy. Oh, I forgot his name. Anyway, he turns up in it. And you think, oh, it's going to tie back to the original film because it's going to be fantastic because he's in it. And no, it's a different character. Yeah, okay. Just somebody from the original film, different character. I've learned that my new boots are great. I took, I got new, are they made new for hiking boots. They are made for walking. I took them up to the Brecon Beacons, went up the top and came back. No video, just a, you know, just yeah. a day out like a normal person. And, and yeah, they're fantastic. I was worried because I thought, oh, they're brand new. I better break them in because, you know, I'm going to be wearing them for the September Coast Path thing. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be just t- torn up blisters because they're new and stuff. No, fine. No, no I, I haven't had to break in walking no, boots for a long time. Breaking in boots is probably. Uh, it's back when they were hard leather. Yeah, well, these are hard leather. I mean, that's not, you know, like mesh and stuff. It's yeah. proper boots. Well, yeah, it's like, you know. I think I just got the right size. Breaking yeah. in is when you bought the wrong size and you, you have to mould your feet painfully yeah. to, to fit the boots. But no, these are good, so we're all going for future hiking. That's, that's cool. Was, was a nice day out as well. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Yeah, so now do your spiel. You can go along to howaboutatime.com, see stuff, go to YouTube, try and see stuff. Um, if you if you want to listen to the audio version sure. of this, like most people do, you can go along to howaboutatime.com uh, and look at the, all the podcast archives. If you want to consider looking at the video, because no one does, you can go along and look at the video stuff on YouTube. Or don't. Or don't. It's fine. So with that, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.